Patrick Fendaro here with Franchise Finding Season 2. Together with my brother Jack, we're going to be going through some of the largest franchises as well as up-and-coming franchises to see if they're a good investment. We look at the franchise costs, the revenue, historical profits, failure rate, and other really important metrics to consider before investing in a franchise. So if you're looking to buy a franchise or think about a startup or an existing business, listen to our podcast as with little time, you'll be able to evaluate a franchise is the right entrepreneurial path for you. Patrick Fendaro here, co-founder at Vetted Biz. Very excited to have on Larry Carnell, VP of Bellman at Benetrends. He's also named Dr. Robs as he really introduced a pretty unique structure that we'll go in today for those that are looking to invest, buy a franchise, buy a business in a nice tax efficient manner. And today's conversation, we're gonna go through how you should best plan about starting a business and then potentially selling a business and a few different case studies, lesson learns that Larry's had in his career as a successful entrepreneur, as well as acting as an advisor. So Larry, thanks for joining today. Well, my pleasure, Patrick. Appreciate the opportunity to join you. So I understand you, you've owned multiple businesses. You advise people on buying businesses, financing businesses. What, what draws you and what keeps you going and helping entrepreneurs? Well, you know, I've had some moniker of success. Um, you know, if you make enough mistakes, they call you an expert. So for better or worse, you're stuck with me today or your audience is. But in this new economy, I don't believe it's how much um, wealth you create it's how much you keep. And unfortunately, in the new economy where there's efforts to provide free healthcare, free education, free daycare, free cookies, free ice cream, <laughs> a lot of these things are wonderful to have, but be aware the things that they're trying to give you today to get their votes, there's gonna be a price tag to pay for it. Entrepreneurs in particular are probably gonna be the ones that have to pay for much of this issue because the general public cannot have their taxes increase much more. You can only get so much blood out of a tournament, so to speak. And so I believe in this new economy, there's things that we need to do from a structure standpoint. It's not just about getting into a business. I believe that is the primary mistake that many business owners make. They're so focused on getting into a business, they don't think about their exit strategy. And the things that you do today, there are things on the table right now that you don't have to be concerned about. It's not what is there today when you start the business, it's what's gonna happen over the course of the next five, 10, 15, 20 years to rob you of that wealth that you create in a business. How you structure that business today can significantly impact you, your family and your children. Probably traditionally, like the structuring was done for seasoned entrepreneurs that had already made it, that had a nice capital gain, and they're they're already they already have the assets. But I mean, what you're saying, wealth is created from very small companies all the time, and it's better to plan up front. Well, be aware there's efforts politically uh, to not just go after the growth. There's political efforts right now to double capital gains tax. And the argument is even if you create this wealth and the business is sold, then you've got all this wealth. But what you got to be careful of is politicians right now 
In fact, in the recent election, there was proposals to tax assets, not your business. Even after the business is sold, to tax the assets that you have. Uh, that is scary. But there well, are things- effectively a wealth tax that's been commonplace in some European countries, and effectively we have it on property but it's at a very small percentage and you right. get the benefits from your public schools, but. But now here's the trick. If I can give a word of counsel to any of your audience is do what politicians do. These politicians, I don't care whether you're a Democrat or Republican, in my opinion, they're all crooked, <laughs> but do what they do because they know what's about to happen. And this is what I've learned about politicians looking at over 50 years of case law, tax laws that have been created. They always create programs to help buy votes, but they never take away benefits that adversely affect their wealth. So in my opinion, in many, many things that are happening right now, the entire country is being stampeded like a, um, a herd of buffalo toward the cliff. We're not gonna be able to save the buffalo but we can save ourselves, protect our families, protect our children by finding rocks to hide behind. Guess the easiest way to find those rocks. How? Look, look where the, the politicians are hiding their money. They know where the rocks are and they'll never take that protection of that rock away from their wealth. And this is what I do. Much of what I've done is lecture across the country, not on funding, but how to accumulate, accelerate, protect wealth, mitigate taxes for you and your family, literally beyond the grave. And there's some things happening in America right now that have become the fastest growing erosion of wealth in the history of this country. This was what I was predicting back in the 1990s. I predicted by 2020, 50% of all bankruptcies in America would be due to healthcare related issues jumping from 20 some odd percent up to 50 percent as of 2020 i missed the numbers by 17 percent the american journal of public health just announced that bankruptcy due to health care related issues during the last few years of your life now account for 67 percent of every bankruptcy in america this wow. is totally created a paradigm shift in the necessity to not just structure a business, but structure it with an exit and wealth pro protection strategy in mind. That's the reason uh, we specifically design plans, not just to provide funding, but to help you to accumulate and protect that wealth that you create for your family. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Franchise Brokers Association, also known as FBA. They provide custom guidance for franchise buyers in the US, FBA has over 100 certified franchise specialists as part of their network, currently working with 350 plus franchise brands. Click the link in the description section to learn how they can help you find the right franchise. FBA has over 15 years of experience. They've placed 2000 plus franchisees across the United States. They take a very personalized approach to selecting and analyzing the best franchise for you. Their approach is also backed by the data that we have at Vetted Biz. So if you're interested in buying or at least exploring a franchise, start your franchise search today with FBA. And again, you can click on the link in the description section for more info. 
And like you said, I mean, funding, it seems like right now with SBA programs, if someone has a retirement account, there's a lot of ways you can fund a franchise, a new franchise, an existing franchise, a business that you want to purchase. Absolutely. In fact, in my opinion, now is actually some of the best times in decades to start a business because you have wealth protection features and tax protection features that you didn't have decades ago. And we can use a combination of programs to help you not only acquire business, but be able to leverage the ability rather than going out and buying a $200,000 business, go out and buy a four or $500,000 business. In fact, the very first deal, one of the very first deals I ever did was a guy that was looking at a $300,000 dollar business when he looked at everything he says there's not enough money in it i'm just going to go try to go find a job i was able to leverage his retirement funds to enable him to buy a 1.3 million dollar business <laughs> that he didn't think he would be able to afford but the profitability in that was much more attractive than going back to the job well i imagine the the cash flow generated paid for his lifestyle and he could save some of that cash flow and he was building what could be generational wealth. Absolutely. And more importantly, it was creating an income stream um, for his spouse if something happened to him and even his children if he wanted to bring them into the business later on. So general, uh, generational wealth for him and his family because I don't know, I've got eight kids I don't know if the opportunity for my eight kids are going to be as great as they were for me as I was growing. I think it's becoming more of a challenge to be successful in business because there's so many efforts to take away the profit. And when that happens, it decreases the motivation. But in every economy, there are certain industries and businesses that are doing well. That's the reason I'm a big advocate of working with uh, franchise experts, franchise consultants, business brokers or other people to help you filter the good from the bad. I used to be a business broker. I was an award-winning franchise expert. I was a trainer for the International Business Brokers Association. So I've done, I bring some experience to the table uh, that a lot of people in finance don't have. Ironically enough, to be quite direct, I kind of joke that I've always hated bankers and lo and behold, I became a banker. <laughs> so but the difference is I approach everything from an entrepreneur standpoint, not what's best for the, the funding resource, but what's best for the employer or the business owner. I would say you're more of an advisor that a bank might just be offering one or two products where for what you offer through Benetrends, you have a lot of different ways that you can go about structuring it, no? Well, and part of it is that many loan officers in banks are incentivized to collect an application to uh, get your application. And the problem is the loan process now can be several months long. And because they, they can get a bonus for getting a lot of applications, even if they know the loan's not gonna be approved, that's not in the best interest of the borrower. And the problem that that creates is that sometimes people get tied up with a bank Right now, banks are denying as much as 60, 70 plus percent of startup loans. And many of the loan officers know when you submit that application, that's not a flavor of business or ice cream 
that they like. You know, I've got a lot of kids, so I know this issue really well. You know, you take eight kids into the ice cream store, they all want different flavors. Banks are no different. Some banks like chocolate, some like uh, Rocky Road, but, you know, other banks don't. And right and now- It's probably a moving post- target. Yeah. Month over month, year over year. Credit, well, the, post- the credit uh, officer can change and then, you know, he has a different outlook. Well, and what we've done it differently at Benetrans, uh, many people have heard of Lending Tree. Lending Tree is a national network of mortgage brokers that force lenders to compete for your home mortgage. We thought that was a great idea. So we've created something similar to the SBA Lending Tree. This forces lenders to compete for your business. When lenders compete, you're more likely to get the better terms and more importantly, a much higher approval rate. Compared to a 60, 70 plus percent denial rate, if we do a pre-assessment, we will guarantee in writing that we'll get that loan approved or we'll totally refund our fee. And we're running over a 95% approval rate by doing that. The other appeal, to be quite direct, it's, it's all about cloud. When you go in for a loan, if you're going to borrow a couple hundred dollars, that's not a major deal for a banker. But when, when they're working with us, we're offering bringing millions of dollars of loans to the lenders month after month after month. They're less likely to kick us to the curb. Because no. we're the pretty girl on the block. We they're going to respond to you fast. And, you know, you pick, they're going to pick up the phone for you because you represent millions of dollars of, of inflow right. rather than a 150K let's, let's SBA 7-day loan. Not to be um, chauvinistic or whatever, but there, when we were younger guys there, and I had more hair, there are things we do for the pretty girls we may not do for the homely ones. Well, it's no different in banking. So our role is to make you look as attractive as possible to get more lenders to be interested in your loan. And once we're engaged, because we're going to potentially bring them millions of dollars of loans over the course of the next few years, they're less likely to cut, uh, cut you to the, or kick you to the curb. And that's beneficial. For an entrepreneur, we have a lot of, um, customers at vetted biz that are exploring businesses. And we've seen that many of them have a hundred K cash that they're willing to invest in a business for someone with that profile. What are some of the financing options if they go traditional bank financing and, and, or maybe leverage their retirement savings? Well, understand with bankers, bankers often want anywhere from 10 to 30% down payment, depending on your credit history the track record of the franchise, whether they're new, whether they're an established brand, but historically somewhere around 20%. If you borrow less than 150,000, you often don't have to put up collateral. But if you go over 150,000, then you're gonna need collateral. Now, in regards to the equity injection or the down payment, you know, typically with $100,000, you could afford probably a $400,000 plus type of business opportunity. But understand today, they not they want you not only have enough money for the down payment, but they want enough money for what's called post-close liquidity or to cover PLEs, personal living expenses. Because especially with COVID, some banks are hesitant. They think that it may take longer for a business to reach a point of profitability. And you know, if if there are not as much uh, traffic or what have you, that, that is a reasonable 
issue. So you want to have enough money, not only to meet the equity injection requirements the company has or the bank requires, but you want to have enough money to live on during the first few months while the business is getting off the ground. For sure. Now, There's the time to open, time to break even, time to start making actual money to live off of as opposed to making $500,000 a month. And I, that's one of the things I don't think a lot of people are asking that I think is critical in this post-COVID environment is what are your PLEs? What are your personal living expenses? If you have a five, and by the way, the national average for people buying businesses is around $4,800. So let's say you've got a $5,000 a, a family year. living off $4,800. Correct. Okay. I would have expected so, higher, but that's not bad. Well, that's, that's the national average. average. It, it, it can be higher, but, um, but understand, you know, if it's, if, if you're burning through $5,000 a month, you're going to need enough money to help you through that growth period. And there's several stages. First of all, day one, you open, and then there's the time to break even time to break even is not when you're making any money, then there's yeah. what's called there's income a big, replacement. Yeah. So somebody that has a $7,000 monthly living expenses is going to take them longer to get to a point of income replacement than somebody with 5,000, 3,000. So that's important for you to understand in regards to the transition of a business, because 50% of businesses that start according to a 20 year study by the department of labor were out of business in five years. I think undercapitalization is the number one reason for that. And much of it's because they're looking at enough money to get into the business, but they don't think about the living expenses and what have you. And if things start to get rough, they literally take working capital from the business to pay for their rent utilities. And now it's a downward spiral. So yeah, that's I, mean, part I of always advise do. entrepreneurs have six months liquid of your expenses there. I, Totally support that. In fact, at Benetrends, compared to this 50% failure rate, 90% of our clients are still in business uh, five years later. That's an incredible differential. That's an 80% uh, higher success rate. That's and what, what leads to that. I imagine you're somewhat selective with the clients that you take in, but is it the education or what, what leads to that? Well, it's, it's not uh, about being selective. It's about full disclosure, letting the customer know on the front end, hey, this is what you really need. We're understand, we often have long-term relationships with our clients. 99% of our clients stay with us for the life of their business. So we have an obligation to disclose to them on the front end, hey, you may be a little tight. A banker may not necessarily do that because understand a bank when they do that loan, a very large percentage of the time they're selling that loan to somebody else or well, the person that, that, that you're working with might shift to another branch or might switch to another bank. And the yeah. bank itself is getting that off their books. Well, and not only that, but the SBA is guaranteeing 90% of the loss. Yeah, 85%, 75%. Yeah. And so uh, they're not really, they're, they're focused on selling you funding. They're not necessarily as focused on making sure you're successful. That's not the case with us because the longer you're in business, we have the opportunity to provide service to you and continue to make money. So it's in our own vested interest to protect you. 
there's never any long-term contracts with Benetrends if at any time people aren't happy or they find a local attorney or CPA or somebody else to go to, they can sever that relationship. But I think the fact that we have a 99% retention rate for the life of the business is a pretty good indication that we are really here to help the client long-term, not just get them in the business. So in terms of someone that has 100K, say they, they're going to leverage up with a, a bank loan, but funding's there. He's got, he's got the money, it's funded. How does he protect that and grow the wealth without having Uncle Sam take, take 35, 39% away? Well, there's a couple of ways to do that. And this is in regards to retirement asset funding. Many consumers are not aware in the new economy because of changes in healthcare reimbursement you and I are maybe old enough to remember back in the 1990s, if you had a heart attack or an auto accident, we would go into the hospital, not only to stabilize, but we'd often be there for weeks or months recovering. All of that was paid for under past healthcare reimbursement. But when the healthcare industry, which I came out of, started to realize advancements in medicines like CAT scans, MRIs, new surgical devices, pharmaceutical uh, medications and whatever were prolonging life, they realized that they needed a person discharged from the hospital as soon as possible. If they were kept in the hospital, the insurance company was gonna lose billions of dollars. So in the 1990s, they bribed hospitals to go to a system called DRGs or diagnostic related groups. In essence, incentivizing hospitals to discharge you as soon as you wake up, as soon as you set up. This is the reason at the turn of the century, we saw a massive influx in home health care franchises. But all of that money is an out-of-pocket expense. That None of that's covered by hospitalization insur insurance. What was once projected to be tens of thousands of dollars now has jumped to hundreds of thousands of dollars. But this is not an issue when we're in our 40s or 50s. But when we move into retirement in our 60s and 70s, we spend the 80s more money, are the big one. Then we spend more money the last three years of our lives than we do the previous 70 plus years of our lives combined. This is the reason you want to consider structuring the business in, through a retirement plan vehicle. Now, there's two programs out there. One was introduced by Benetrends in the 1980s called the ROBS program or Rollovers for Business Startups. This program allows people to use retirement funds, tax, penalty, debt-free to buy a business or you can use part of your retirement funds if you have hesitancy to use retirement funds. You can use a small portion of that as a down payment for an SBA loan and leverage the ability to buy a bigger, better business. Now you fast forward, the business does well. If it does well, you may buy two or three franchises. So that $100,000 initial investment, it could be worth a million dollars. Normally you'd have to be concerned about capital gains tax that politicians are trying to double. But with this program under federal law, you bypass any capital gains tax. The money goes directly into the retirement plan. And the goal is to gradually take that million dollars or whatever, gradually out and pay taxes on it as it comes out. Hopefully you'll be in a lower tax bracket. But be, now this is my opinion, 
I don't believe the, the strategy of keeping your retirement funds to your later on in life and you'll be at a lower tax bracket is necessarily factual because if the politicians continue to offer all these free programs, borrow money, print money, they're going to have to start raising taxes. Let me give you an example of that. Look at what's happened to payroll taxes. Payroll taxes used to be 1% to 2%, but when, um, when they moved the entire Social Security and Medicare trust into the general fund, politicians were borrowing money out of the fund and they made it insolvent. So what's in essence they've done is what was once 1% to 2% has jumped up to 15.3%. And if you follow the politics, there are politicians out there wanting to write to increase it up to 23%. I think other things are gonna happen with federal tax, state tax, and this whole argument about taking money out when you're in retirement where you'd be at a very low tax bracket. I don't think that's truly factual. So that's the reason this new program called the RAP or Roth Advantage Plan has exploded in popularity. It was featured on the cover of the Bankers Magazine. I've been asked to provide lectures at national conferences across the country. This is a game changer. This is the difference between a rotary phone and a smartphone. Uh, it's kind of the difference in what I call first generation, second generation product. And I'm, I'm old enough to remember when we had flip phones. I remember we had bag phones. I remember when there was a typewriter and when they came out with a computer, people said people never buy computers because they were 10 times more expensive than typewriters. But when was the last time you saw somebody selling a typewriter? That's my point. There are generational shifts that change everything. The rap is that generational shift. More importantly, that's not my prediction. That is already happening right now. We're finding people preferring the RAP 10 to one over our ROBS program. We offer both. We're the only company in the country that offers both, but the RAP has several advantages. First of all, let's say that $100,000 you have to come up with, but you don't wanna use a lot of your retirement funds. You can literally use 10,000 from your retirement fund convert that to a Roth. Now the issue, the downsides of this program is when you convert the money from a traditional IRA to a Roth, you avoid the 10% penalty, but you do have to pay the taxes, which in this case may be a couple of thousand dollars, combine it with cash and then a bank loan. Now you fast forward, same business sells for a million dollars. Not only are you exempted from paying uh, capital gains tax, you'll never pay a single dime of income tax ever on the money. Now that in and of itself can save people hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've had clients that sell, have saved over a half a million to a million dollars just because of that one decision. Because the assets in a Roth. Correct. Okay. And understand for everybody out there, whether you use us or not, if you have the ability to put money in a retirement plan, put it in a Roth retirement plan. They're coming after people with traditional IRAs and subject to time. I can illustrate some examples of that, but I right now am trying to convert as much of my money to Ross as quickly as possible, gradually, so I don't push myself up in the high tax brackets, but I am a big advocate of Roth retirement plans. The RAP is a Roth retirement plan. Here's a couple of incredible benefits. In addition, to forever exempting you from capital gains and income tax. Uh, 
The other benefit is wealth protection. Traditional IRAs, the federal government says that any money that goes into a traditional IRA, you've deferred the taxes. But at 72 years of age, they say, wait a second, we now want that money. We want you to start paying taxes through what's called RMDs or required minimum distributions. When that happens, that money is being forced out of the protection of your retirement plan into an unprotected checking or savings account. Now, alarm number one, that money's not protected. Alarm number two, you are moving into that point of your life where you're 10 times more likely to have major out-of-pocket healthcare expenses than any other time in your life. Point number three, if something happens to one spouse, the other spouse is entering that point of their life where they're also starting to have healthcare issues with one major differential. When you become a surviving spouse and 95% of the time, it's the wife. Men outlive, men are two years older than their wives, but women outlive men by five years. <laughs> so there's a seven year differential on average. This is a reason over 75% of people in nursing home are women. So, you know, one father to another father, one husband to another husband, if you're concerned about being the bodyguard of your family, this is an exceptional way to do it, protect your family beyond the grave. And so when that happens, that money with a traditional retirement plan could be exposed. But under federal law, Roth retirement plans are never subject to required minimum distributions. Hmm. If you live to be 100 years of age, that wealth is protected. Keep it there. The day you're dying. Lifelong wealth protection. Now, here's the thing that all us dads and moms and parents love. If something happens to us, we don't want that wealth going to the children. Now, the surviving spouse, here's something else we need to understand about a surviving spouse. They're not only entering that point of their life where they're going to have health care issues, but they're three times more likely to need assisted care. When you're a single spouse, there's not somebody there to help you with illnesses and you're more likely to need assistant care. That accelerates the erosion of that wealth. But with this program, the spouse and children can end up with double the net inheritance, double the buying power, double the resources to pay for these very expensive end of life issues that are coming. So the combination of these things make it very attractive. There's one other thing that we need to think about Traditional IRAs can be used as a calculus to double our Medicare premiums. When I was young, I was promised free health care when I got to 65. They have reneged on that promise. They are now charging us for what they said was free. Here's yeah, so it seems like everyone's getting supplemental care. <laughs> well, here, here's what's really infuriating. Last year, they gave our senior citizens a whopping 1.3% increase in their social security benefits. And what but inflation's they, like officially 6% and well now really, it is. real inflation's 10% now. Yeah, but they raised their Medicare premiums 7%, all time record high. But guess what? They just announced last month that this year's premiums are going to increase 14.5%. Last year was a record increase this year was twice as high. Any money that comes out of an IRA can potentially be used as a calculator 
to double your Medicare premiums at a point in your life where you're at fixed income. But any money out of a Roth, this is a very distinct advantage of a Roth, cannot be used as a calculus to double your Medicare premiums. This can save a husband and wife potentially tens of thousands of dollars at a point in their life where they'll be at fixed income. Well, Larry, we're, we're wrapping up on time. This has been, I mean, these are things that I need to consider myself as well as many of the visitors of Edit Biz and our clients. But what's the best way for someone to get in contact with you or, or someone, a member of your team at Benetrends to discuss how their business situation, what they're looking at and how it might be best structured? Two ways. Email is Larry at Benetrends, and it's just over top of my head, B-E-N-E-T-R-E-N-D-S.com, or just call me direct, 770-652-5393. The great strength that we're going to bring to the table is that we're going to help you understand what your financial reach is, what your resources are, what your options are, and more importantly, following recent changes in federal legislation and case studies, we are now the only key provider in the country that not only provides unlimited audit protection in light of a proposed $78 billion increase in audit resources for the IRS, but more importantly, we're now the only provider that provides a written guarantee that protects you from potential fines and penalties if a mistake is made. We're the only provider that's done that in 40 years. We've never had a single plan denial in the history of our company. But those two ways, either email or call me direct 770-652-5393. Perfect. I'll put, I'll put your email and the your phone number in the call notes um, for anyone that's listening on, on, on via podcast or, or watching on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's definitely worth exploring if you're looking to buy a business Maybe even if you have a current business and there's definitely ways that you could better structure and ongoing funding. So Larry, thanks again for being on today. My pleasure. Thank you, Patrick. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. If you found today's learnings helpful for your entrepreneurial endeavors, I encourage you to follow us on our Vetted Biz YouTube channel. Also, our podcast episodes are available on every major podcast network. This includes Spotify, Google, and Apple. For Apple Podcasts, you can actually leave us up to a five-star rating and also give comments to see what type of feedback you'd like to see for future episodes. If you prefer, email me at patrick at vettedbiz.com with any questions, feedback, or suggested topics for future podcast episodes. Thanks again for listening today.